coming up next on the Passion Struck Podcast. Like when you look at something logically, you're like, this may not work. But when you look at something with passion, it like you kind of like jump over that fence or you go under that fence or you go, you know, plow through it. You know, passion will allow you to kind of take an obstacle and move through it. And so I think that's part of like the, like the entrepreneurial spirit a little bit. Welcome visionaries, creators, innovators, entrepreneurs, leaders, and growth seekers of all types to the Passion Struck Podcast. Hi, I'm John Miles, a peak performance coach, multi-industry CEO, Navy veteran, and entrepreneur on a mission to make passion go viral for millions worldwide. And each week I do so by sharing with you an inspirational message and interviewing high achievers from all walks of life to unlock their secrets and lessons to becoming passion struck. The purpose of our show is to serve you, the listener, by giving you tips, tasks, and activities you can use to achieve peak performance and pursue the passion-driven life you have always wanted to have. Now, let's become passion struck. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Passion Struck Podcast. Thank you to all of you who come back every week to listen and learn to live better, be better, and impact the world. We have some extremely exciting news. We just learned that the Passion Struck Podcast is now ranked in the top 0.1% of all podcasts. Said another way, there are over 2.7 million podcasts globally, and we are now one of the most popular of those 2,700 top podcasts out of that group. Thank you so much to everyone in the audience for helping us reach that goal, which tells me that our passion struck movement is certainly gaining momentum. Now, if you're new to the show or you'd like to introduce it to a friend or family member, we now have episode starter packs. These are collections of your favorite episodes organized by topic that will introduce you to everything that we do here in the show in a very simple way. Just go to passionstruck.com slash starter packs. And if you're new to the podcast as well, and you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, you can go to John R. Miles, where we have over 200 videos, again, organized by playlist that you can watch and get your daily dose of inspiration. Today's guest is a personal friend of mine, Christina Sparks. And Christina is a technology executive turned e-commerce fashion CEO. And she has such an impressive background as founder and CEO of Selgani Activewear. She was formerly the SVP of account management at Markscent Labs and chief product officer of Next Tech. She holds a BS cum laude in pre-medicine from the University of Dayton and a master of science in technology management from Columbia University, as well as being a certified yoga instructor. In today's discussion, we go into her origin story about how she entered the tech world, what learning the ins and outs of product management taught her, and how those lessons have become indispensable in her latest venture. Her trip to Peru and why that experience launched this new venture that she's doing today. How she came up with the name Silgani and what it means. Her biggest advice for entrepreneurs and small business owners. Why she feels people are living the reverse of what they're meant to do in life. Her focus on charity through her brand and the recent collaboration she did with former astronaut 
Nicole Scott, and so much more. Thank you for choosing Passion Struck and choosing me to be your host and guide on your journey to living an intentional life. Now, let the journey begin. I am so excited to welcome Christina Sparks to the Passion Struck Podcast, and it is always awesome when you've got a friend who comes on the podcast. Welcome, Christina. Oh, thank you, John. Yeah, it's so exciting to be here, and I love everything you're doing with the podcast, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, well, I can't wait to dive in. So we were talking about, for the audience, maybe the best starting point is for them to understand your journey to where you are now um, and how you had this amazing career in, in technology and tech management, but you realized there was something else at the end of the day that you wanted to pursue. So why don't we start there? Yeah. So I'll actually take you guys like way, way, way back. So when I was a very young child, I remember taking like pieces of paper and like I would draw um, like business, like a business plan in a way, but I didn't even know it was a business plan. It was kind of like ideas of like businesses I wanted to start or ideas of like fashion. And um, I would draw like stick figures and clothes on them. So I knew from a young age, I, I always had like an affinity towards um, like fashion and creating and business. But um, when I was in college, I had thought I wanted to be a doctor because that was just kind of like the trajectory I was kind of on because I was good at like math and science and like all of that. And so in college, I was pre-med and I got into med school and I had like this moment where I said to myself, you know, I don't know if I could see myself being a doctor the rest of my life. And I don't want to take a spot away from somebody who is maybe waitlisted, who was like, that's all I want to do. So I kind of deferred a year and said, let me just kind of think, think about it. And in that year, um, I jumped into the tech world. Um, and so I worked for a startup called Next Tech, and we were in Dayton, Ohio at the time where I'm from. And um, they had just created a practice management software for plastic surgery offices and um, had been doing really well and plastic surgeons were loving it. And they came to them and they said, we need something for um, like our paper charts. We need like an electronic medical record. And me being pre-med and then, you know, going into the tech world, I was like, oh, this could be like a really cool thing I could like help with, you know? And in that, in that uh, position that I was in, that's where I really found my passion for creating things. It could be anything, but I have a passion for taking something that's like a concept in my mind or your mind and then seeing it through that that's just like my favorite thing of like seeing it through like that process of creation to where it's like an actual product to market. And so in that position at Next Tech, um, I worked with like a team of plastic surgeons, a team of computer programmers and myself, and I translated what the doctor's needs were into something that the computer programmers could create. And then from there, we created like a really amazing product that um, I think probably over half the industry uses right now plastic surgery and about 30%, 40% in derm. And then we went into ophthalmology too. Wow. That's awesome. So you really, yeah. you really got uh, into product management and yeah, big time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is really exciting um, because if someone isn't familiar with that, you really have to understand what the customer wants and then kind of right. back into how do you deliver it for them? Yeah. 
I was doing product management and I didn't even know it was product management at the time because I had just I was just out of college and we were a startup. So um, I think like the key to product management in general is just listening and then listening to what like the the need is, not exactly what their want is, like what their need is, and then translating that into something that they may want or may want even more, like kind of taking your ideas and their ideas and meshing it together to create something really fantastic. Um, and while I was at Next Tech, um, I was in charge of, I moved up into being over all of product and development and then strategy and then business development and working with like the third party partners and creating integrations and creating business relationships with them. And, and that to me is like, one of my favorites, because again, it's creating something, it's taking an idea that another business has, and we have, and meshing a partnership together and creating like a really great, maybe new business line or, you know, something like that from there. Um, and while I was at Next Tech, we had like a few design patents. Um, we had some, it was really, it was really fun. It was awesome. And then we sold to private equity and I stayed on to you know, help grow the business and we help scale the business. So that was pretty amazing to see too. Um, and then from there, um, I took a, a trip to Peru. And on that trip, um, I had already been like taking like yoga classes to like help with like stress management and that kind of stuff. And then on that trip, I saw um, like a beautiful rock on the side of a mountain. I know that sounds like kind of silly, but it was really pretty. It had like yellows and blues and all these different kinds of striations in it. So I took a picture and I turned to my best friend and I said, this needs to go on a pair of yoga pants. And she kind of thought I was crazy. And I probably did sound crazy. And from there, I just kind of like had that in the back of my mind. And um, while I was in the tech world, I was kind of just, you know, a lot of times when you get an idea, you can either like sit on it or you can like do something. And I sat on it for a little bit and let it like stew in my mind and, um, and it just wouldn't go away. So I just started like kind of thinking about like, what would, what could, what would it take to take this picture and incorporate it into yoga pants? And so um, I exited Next Tech and then I started at another tech company and it was a startup in the AR VR world and they were doing some really great things, but it wasn't my passion um, where I just wasn't, I just wasn't like passionate about what they were doing and what we were creating necessarily. And so um, I started working on my idea more like in the nights and weekends and all of that kind of stuff. And then a little less than a year, I just said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to grow my business now. And so I left and started my current business now, which is an e-commerce fashion business. The Passion Struck Podcast will be right back. I am so excited about today's sponsor, Athletic Greens, because it is a product that I personally use and love. In fact, Athletic Greens is completely transforming nutrition and helping so many achieve peak performance. This product is so easy to use and make part of your daily morning routine. And that's exactly what happened to me. I just come down every single morning. And the first thing I do is take one scoop of their powder, put it in an eight ounce glass of water, and it tastes amazing. And the product consists of 75 different vitamins, minerals, 
immune supporting mushrooms and probiotics. So much here to help your nutrition get the boost that it needs without you having to go to either the store or eat a salad or whatever it may be in our hectic schedules. And with all the stressors that are around us, this is such an easy way to solve your daily nutrition. Now, they are offering my audience a special when you subscribe. And this includes a one-year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs. Go to athleticgreens.com slash passionstruck to get started. Now, let's get back to becoming passionstruck. Well, that's an awesome story. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm not sure if you, you knew this about Dayton, but did you know that that's where the cash register was invented? No, I thought it was where the, the plane was invented. Like Kitty, or not Kitty Hawk, um, the Wright brothers, they were from Kitty Hawk, but then they flew the first plane in Dayton. I didn't know that's where the cash register was. Yeah. Well, I used to be on the uh, advisory board for NCR and NCR is oh. headquartered there. And that's where yeah. they originally came up with uh, the technology. In fact, if you go into their headquarters, they have the first cash register uh, still still there. Um, I, I know that they've now moved most of their stuff to Atlanta, but um, yeah, cool story. Fun so, fact. so uh, you know, that other intersection point that we had is uh, Beck, uh, the person you yeah. work for at that company was my peer at Catalina uh, Marketing. And, and I would say I felt the same way that you did when I was at Catalina as when you were with this company. Um, it just felt like I was sitting there doing the motions, but I wasn't really enthralled by what I was doing. And right. can you tell me, like, when you're in that situation, you know, what what emotions was that bringing up for you? Like, how did you feel when? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's kind of, yeah, that's like, I would say the, the emotions is a little bit frustrating. Um, and it's a little bit, I'd say, like, a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of frustration. Um, and I think people go through that every day, even if you are passionate about something, those emotions will creep up. But I think when you're not passionate about something, you kind of just get a, a larger dose of those emotions when you're in the midst of, of maybe a, an industry or a project or something that you're working on that you're not passionate about. Um, so for me, the way I just kind of, I handled it as I said, well, if this were my business and if there was somebody that, you know, wasn't passionate about something, how would I want them to, to act and to work? And so I just kind of like checked myself and, and gave it my best and my all, even though I wasn't passionate about it. Um, but I knew in the back of my mind that I needed to create, um, you know, a pathway for myself, like outside of that, that I could go down on my own and, and leave eventually. Yeah. One of the major premises of, Becoming passion struck is so many of us spend our careers and our time because what you do for work makes up about 30% of all your time, um, creating other people's dreams instead of making our own dreams come true. And right. so part of what we're trying to do here on passion struck is to give people clues and how to create their own dreams and, you know, live a self-realized life. So, um, how did you come up with the name for your company? Because yes. I, I think this is always a, a cool 
um, story to hear. Yeah. So I am. So my, my roots, my background, even though I don't necessarily look it is I'm a hundred percent Middle Eastern. I'm, I'm Arabic. My parents are originally from Iraq. Um, so in Arabic, Ghani means abundance. And so at the time I was, you know, very into yoga and I actually became a yoga instructor. Um, and I would teach on like the weekends. And so I knew that if I was going to create something, I wanted to have like the word soul in it, which just kind of popped in my mind. And so I'm like, soul, 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 what could go with that? And then all of a sudden the word Ghani just popped in my head and I'm like, oh, soul Ghani, abundance of soul. Like that would be pretty great for a yoga active verb business. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I came up with the name. Yeah, very cool. So I guess the next thing I wanted to lead into is you're in a business that you could say was crowded before you came into it. Um, you know, there are lots of of people who are doing yoga pants or that sort of thing. You know, passion struck was kind of the same thing when I got into it. Lots of people were saying, you know, there are millions of podcasts. Why would you even want to do this? You know, and that's not what passion struck is about, but I I think for me, I just felt, um, a calling inside of that, that it was the right thing to do. Um, but after that, it takes a lot of deliberate actions, uh, to get there. But, you know, what caused you to think that at that point in time, you know, you could come out of this from nowhere and make an impact in an industry that you'd never been part of before? I mean, I think it's like one part, like a little bit crazy (laughs) and and another part, maybe just like a little bit ego and another part of like, just like a dream. Like there's just something inside that just pushed me to do it. I can't. I can't exactly explain it. Um, I do remember like one day I was at the gym and I had just like, you know, left that company I was at and I um, had really started putting a hundred percent of my focus into Solgani. And um, I was like on the rower, like at the gym and I'm like thinking to myself, I go, am I like nuts? Like, why, why did I do this? Like, am I going to, I questioned myself and I said, am I going to be able to like, create a living out of this? Am I going to be able to create a a big business and, you know, really kind of take over? Will I be able to do something like that? And, and I said to myself, well, I don't know unless I try, you know? And I think that's like half the battle is like just getting outside of your head and just like doing, like doing with intention. Like, I really like how you say that. Um, And so that's just what I did. And, and I think it really, I think every entrepreneur has um, a little bit of crazy in them because that's what allows you to kind of like move past the logic of saying like, like when you look at something logically, you're like, this may not work, but when you look at something with passion, it like, you kind of like jump over that fence or you go under that fence or you go, you know, plow through it, you know, passion will allow you to kind of take an obstacle and move through it. And so I think that's part of like the, like the entrepreneurial spirit a little bit. Does that answer the question? I don't know, even know if I fully answered it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, it did. I'm going to, I'm going to keep going down this path for a little bit. Um, So I remember um, it was race weekend in St. Petersburg. So for that, for those of us, especially if you live in the building that you used to live in, um, it's a very fun thing because you can see the whole Indy race from your condo. And I remember you and I were sitting um, in a mutual friend's condo at the, at the top of that condo building. And you told me, 
right at the beginning, I'm, I'm going to do this yoga thing. And, and, um, I remember six months later, or it, it seemed like no time at all, all of a sudden you're on QVC and I'm like, how in the heck did she pull that off? <laughs> so well, so it was six months, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, it felt like an instant. Yeah. I know for you, you'd been working on it longer than that, but as the bystander who's, who's looking at it, you know, t- time just seemed to, yeah, it's, it seemed to happen very quickly. Yeah. So with, with QVC, um, so actually the way that I, I got on QVC was actually at the time I had a, another brand um, locally here that asked me to, to talk about their brand on air on Home Shopping Network. And um, so I was like their on-air guest for that. And while I was an on-air guest during that show, and I was like talking about their product and this and that and selling it on TV, um, I, one of the hosts was talking about how HSN QVC, because HSN is owned by QVC, they were talking about how they're doing the next big find. So it was kind of like Shark Tank, but like cute for QVC. And so while I'm on air, I'm like thinking in my mind, I go, oh, I have to enter that for, for Solgani. Like that would be like perfect. And so I filled out the application. Um, I went through like a long, long process with them. Um, I think persistence is just as important as passion um, because I stayed very, very persistent with QVC. Um, and I made it up to like the level of meeting. There was a whole row of judges in front of me. And I went to um, HSN's network here and a bunch of the QVC and HSN judges were there. And I got up there and I just started like, I brought my little sister with me and I just started like pitching my product and my business. And like, just, you know, I really, I think spoke with like a ton of passion and they were like, they loved it. And at the end, I got this thing called like a golden ticket. And that takes you to the next round where you get to meet with like the, like the head of um, buying for that particular like product line. And from there, but that doesn't guarantee that you'll have like a product on air or deal with QVC or HSN. But from there, um, I just kind of stayed persistent and just kept moving like everything down, like the whole like sales process with them. And um, eventually got to the point where we, we signed a deal and I like have my product and my brand on QVC, which is amazing, but it doesn't just happen overnight. It was like a lot of work. Um, a lot of like patience, a lot of grinding to like get it to that point. But um, that's good that it seemed like it was overnight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what people say now about the podcast. They're like, you know, you started it. Now you're at over 200,000 downloads. How in the heck did that that's happen amazing. so quickly? And I'm like, well, you don't understand what it took to do, yeah. you know, 88, 89 episodes and plus the six months of planning before yeah. that. Because if, if you, you know, if you create something with a goal, but that goal isn't clearly defined, you're going to go off tangent. So I I think probably like you, I spent a lot of time like narrowing in, like, who am I trying to serve? What am I trying to do with this business? And then how do I start achieving it? So, and I I think also like, even when you do that and you don't get results from it right away, that can be like disheartening a little bit. And I think like the biggest thing that I have found, like, like if I like, hone in on, okay, these are the retailers I want to hit. These are the products I want to make sure get into their stores. And like, 
you keep getting no's and you keep getting, sorry, my phone just fell. <laughs> you keep getting no's and all that kind of stuff. I think the biggest thing is just kind of like stepping back and like reassessing and saying like, why am I doing this? What can I be doing different? What's not working? And how can I like shift to like try to get those results now, you know, just constantly like shifting and changing to try to get your end result, I think has been really helpful because you're not always going to get a a yes right away. You're not always going to get a sale right away. You're not always going to get 200,000 downloads right away. You know, it's always a matter of changing. Well, I mean, all you have to do is look at someone like Stephen King who tried to, you know, sell his book to a publisher countless, countless, countless times and finally persevered. Or I was reading a story about this person who wanted to be a cartoonist and he submitted a thousand cartoons to the New Yorker and they mm. all got turned down. So wow. considering what, what you're saying, he, he could have just given up, but he then started to look at what are all the people who are getting in the New Yorker doing that I'm not doing. And it came down to the one thing that he was missing is they put out a subconscious question to the audience in the form of their cartoon. And then, and then he also adopted uh, Surratt's, you know, kind of dot format for the way he created them. And he became the most published person in, you know, the history of the New York post over time, but it it took him thousands of uh, tries to get there. So I call this um, the physics of progress. And I think what it ends up becoming is an endless loop um, of momentum that you have to create, because if not, you run into the second um, theory of of physics, which is over time, you're going to have entropy. So if you don't find a way to keep the progress going, you're eventually going to get distracted and and get off. uh, Yeah. yeah, So kudos for you for finding that uh, physics of progress and keeping it going. Um, so always trying <laughs> to do well, that. Well, that's the thing is you can never stop. And I think that's why so many companies end up, you know, being prominent, you know, Catalina marketing is a great one, but if you don't keep reinventing yourself on a continuous basis or even yeah. yourself in your own career, you're going to get stagnant. Um, yeah. So you probably don't know the story. Not many people do, um, but um, I almost worked for uh, QVC. In fact, I really wanted the job. Uh, Mike, who's the CEO, uh, was a peer of mine. He was the chief marketing officer at Dell. Um, and he kind of recruited me to become the CIO at QVC. And um, it came down to, do I take this job with Catalina or do I, I go to QVC? And unfortunately, um, my my ex-wife did not want to move to Pennsylvania. I was all in on it because I'm from <laughs> just outside Philly. So I would have loved it, um, but so crazy that uh, life can go like that. But (laughs) where I'm leading up to uh, with this is I um, have a good friend whose name is Steven Salagi. He's a a well-known two-dimensional painter, but Mm -hmm. he developed a jewelry line, and he, to this date, is the largest independent artist by revenue and volume that QVC has ever had. But, but I remember um, him telling me, you know, like his first time he ever got on QVC, 
he was just amazed because as you're on there, you've got a finite period of time to sell what you're selling. And he said the whole time he was so nervous because there was like this ticking time clock of how much product he was moving. And he was like, I was just so anxious because I'm trying to let the passion come out, but I'm, I'm like seeing that I'm not doing as well as they think I should be doing. And he goes like panic started to come in and he goes long and behold, you know, it ended up uh, working out, but can you kind of tell the audience about maybe your first experiences working with them? Cause it, yeah. it's gotta be pretty nerve wracking. So, you know, what's funny is I actually absolutely love public speaking. Like some people are like, Oh, I get so nervous. Like I, I don't know what it is. I just absolutely like eat it up. I love it. So I wasn't nervous about like being on air or like, you know, being on TV to me that, cause I had already also had experience doing that for another brand for HSN being their on air guest. So for that, it wasn't, it wasn't that like nerve wracking, but um, what was nerve wracking is that I wasn't used to doing it from home. So I was used to always being in like a studio at like HSN for that other brand. And when I aired on QVC, it was like during the pandemic. And so everything had to be like set up from like your home kind of base. And we were actually in the midst of renovating our house, but I had like a little area set up in the house to be able to like do like the show. And I have like workers like in and out of my house, like being quiet as like I'm on air. (laughs) (laughs) like all this stuff or if like my dog like I'm trying to like he's blind and like geriatric so he can't always like see and know what's going on so I'm like praying that he'll just be quiet like during the show and not like maybe I have to like put him outside for like 10 minutes or something so there was like a lot of like background stuff going on while I was on air and like so you're just trying to like you know keep cool and like just pretend like there's nothing happening crazy in your house during all of this. (laughs) So that was the biggest thing for me. Um, But I think like the coolest thing when I was on air and the very, very, very first show was they played back video from when I entered the next big find. And like I had, and while the host was talking and they had like the, the B roll going, I just thought to myself, like, this is surreal. I go, I had an idea like a few years ago and I moved on that idea. And then today I'm like standing here in my living room, like on air with like QVC. Like while she's talking, I'm like, this is so cool. This is amazing. Like, wow. So that to me was like the biggest, the biggest like, like wow moment I had with like QVC in the very beginning. Wow. Well, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I had the fortunate pleasure of meeting Sarah Blakely, uh, which for the listener is the founder of Spanx. Um, And she told this story that as she was coming up with this fledgling brand, things weren't going well. And it was either Neiman Marcus or one of those stores of that stature. She finally got uh, this pilot that you know, you can bring your product into this store and we're going to test it out and that will help us determine where we're going to go with it. And so at that time, she could have sent a designate to do it because it was, you know, I I think it was up in Seattle uh, where they're, or or Dallas, where they're from. Um, Can't remember where they're based out of, but she ended up saying, no, if someone's going to sell this product, it's got to be me. So She'd go into their store every day and she would be the spokesman and she was so passionate about it 
that that was the turning point that she had success there. And then they started bringing the line into the stores and that's where, you know, Spanx got off the line. So I love that. My goal is to, to get to that level, to that Sarah Blakely level that she's at with my business. So that's wonderful <laughs> to hear that. Well, so if you're a, a listener on the show, you know, whether it's uh, it could be a man who might want to buy this product for, you know, their partner or a female who's Get ready to supercharge your hiring experience with Indeed, our fantastic partner. We at PassionStruck are all about seeking smarter, more efficient ways to do things, and Indeed perfectly aligns with this philosophy when it comes to hiring. It's more than just a job site. It's a comprehensive platform that revolutionizes the way you find the perfect candidates. With its powerful matching engine and over 350 million global monthly visitors, Indeed streamlines the hiring process, bringing top talent straight to you. No more sifting through endless unqualified resumes. Indeed does the heavy lifting just for you. And what I love about Indeed is its ability to centralize all your hiring activities. From scheduling interviews and screening applicants to messaging candidates, it's all in one place. During my career, I've hired thousands of employees, and I only wish I had Indeed's efficiency and speed back then. And here's a fact that absolutely blows my mind. 93% of employers... According to a recent survey, saying Indeed delivers the best quality matches over other job sites. That's quality and speed hand in hand. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash PassionStruck. Just go to Indeed.com slash PassionStruck right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash PassionStruck. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know all those discount codes are difficult to remember, so we put them all at passionstruck.com slash deals. Now, back to Passionstruck. Watching or listening to it, like who do you design these pants um, for? Is there a specific person in mind when you create it, or is it really for anyone? It's really for, for any woman. Um, so our customers range from anywhere from like 18 upwards to like 65-ish. Um, and so like our, our target, like our main demographic is probably in like their, their thirties to forties kind of range. Um, but we really have customers from like in that whole spectrum, because a lot of times like a mom will buy the legging and her teenage daughter will steal it from her a lot of times. Cause they're just really cute. Um, and then also with our, with our brand on QVC, it's opened up like an entirely new demographic too to us with QVC. Um, so we have women in in all ranges of it, and you can find it on our website solgani.com, um, s-o-u-l-g-a-n-i.com, or you can find it on QVC, and you just go to QVC's site, um, and then you type our name into their search bar, and like our entire like we have a lot of collections with them will come up. Um, and then we're available at other retailers like Kohl's, um, Bar Method Studios, and kind of others like that. But I'd say the main two would be our website and QVC. Okay. Um, and if someone wanted to go there and buy them right now, is are you running any discounts? or? Yeah. So we have a few things. So right now for the holidays, um, if you like, you know, when you go to the website, you'll have like a pop-up and you enter your email and you'll get 20% off. But then also we have this really cool, um, I think it's really awesome, especially for like if a guy wants to buy 
a gift for his like wife, his girlfriend, his mother, his daughter, his sister, but doesn't know exactly what to get. We have something called a mystery box where you get $170 worth of product for $75. Um, and so with that, um, it's really cool. You're getting a great deal. And two, we're picking out the outfit for you. And all you have to do is wrap it and give it to your loved one. The Passion Struck Podcast will be right back. So Ghani is extending a generous and exclusive 20% discount on all their products for Passion Struck listeners. Enter Passion 20, that's P-A-S-S-I-O-N 2-0 at checkout on Sogani.com. That is S-O-U-L-G-A-N-I.com with the discount code Passion 20. Now, back to the Passion Struck podcast. Well, that's great. Um, so I wanted to talk about a different element of your, your business. So yeah. one of the things that um, I found really encouraging was the fact that uh, with every sale that you do, you give a portion of it to different charities. Um, and one of those um, on the podcast, we've had three astronauts uh, who've come on the podcast. One of them happens to be on the space station right now, Kayla Barron. But uh, unbeknownst to me, there's an astronaut who lives in St. Pete, where we both live, uh, Nicole Scott, and you got to do a collaboration with her and then ended up donating to her charity. Yeah. So, so I was hoping you could talk about one, why you decided you wanted to have a charity focus, and then two, maybe the story of partnering with her. Sure. So the reason why we give back to charity is because when I was on that hiking trip in Peru where I saw the rock and I got the idea to start Solgani, um, during that trip, we would go to like little villages. And before that, we would go to the market and we'd buy like fruits and things like that. And while we would walk through the villages, a lot of times there'd be like all these little kids just kind of like sitting on like the pathway. And so we'd hand them like fruit. And this one little girl, I'll never forget her, I handed her like this green apple. And she looked at me like it was like Christmas day in her eyes when I handed her this apple. And so I said to myself, like, if I start this business and if I make $1 or if I make millions of dollars, I want to give back to charity because it would just be full circle from this trip where I got that inspiration, that idea. And then just seeing the effect of just giving a piece of fruit to a child, what that did to her. I said, I want to be able to do good with this business um, and help others. So that's why, why we give back to charity. And a lot of times we associate the charity that we give back with, um, with the design inspiration too. So like if something's designed in New York, um, we'll give back to NYC Food Bank or um, like the collaboration with Nicole Stott. Like that's why we give back to Space for Art Foundation with every sale. And with Nicole, I was invited to this um, like Tampa Bay woman's like luncheon. And so I went to this luncheon and she was like the keynote speaker there. And she, she was sharing like all these pictures from like space that she had taken and they were some of the most beautiful photos I'd ever seen. And like during her presentation, I just said, I'm going to do a, a collection with her. Like, these are awesome. These are going to look really great on, on like leggings. So I went up to her at the very end of the presentation, like a groupie. And I was like, hey, like we need to talk. And I gave her my business card and said, like, let's meet for coffee. I have this great idea where we can take your photos and put it into clothing and just, you know, sell it. It would be amazing. 
and she loved that the concept and we met for coffee a few times and then you know put together some ideas and then launched launched a few collections from there yeah very cool um are any of those still out there or once you do a collection and you sell through it um do you then move on to the next collection yeah so we um Typically what we do is once we, we do a collection, it's limited edition. And once we sell through it, it's, it's done. Um, but with her universe collection, there's been like a few prints that have been really, um, really like people love. And so we've done like a couple runs of those um, to just like, you know, the market wants, the market gets. <laughs> we've done a few, a few extra collections of hers. So I now wanted to ask you just a few questions um, of, you know, being a successful entrepreneur and an entrepreneur who might be listening to this, um, regardless of stage they're in, what do you think if you had to boil it down were two or three of the keys to the success that you've had? Um, Well, I think I'm still, I'm still always, you know, moving forward and moving towards more success. I think that's one of the things, but I'd say the biggest key is, um, is when it gets hard, because there it's like almost every other day, there's, there's a setback or there's something that's hard, but when it gets hard, that's just a moment to like recollect and say like, what can I be doing different or what can I be changing to get closer towards my goal? Um, Because I think as an entrepreneur, you don't have like your, your CEO, you are the CEO, you don't have people above you really to kind of like help guide you towards that. And so I think it's kind of trying to be like your, your own boss and saying that, like being objective and saying, what can I be doing different to get different results? I think that's one of the biggest things when it gets hard, like doing that. Um, I think the second thing is having like a balanced approach to like all the different facets of a business. So like I was thinking about this this morning, like some entrepreneurs are really heavy on like sales and marketing. Some entrepreneurs are really heavy on like the tech side or some are really heavy on like the accounting and finance side. So I think having like a balance in like your focus through all of those, I think is like really important. And that's um, something that I learned from my father, who's who's also an entrepreneur. He's very successful um, entrepreneur. And his background was always on the tech side, but just because he was an engineer didn't mean he couldn't sell just because he was an engineer didn't mean he couldn't, you know, get into the finance and the accounting like an accountant would. And so I take that learning from him. I take that and put that into my own business too. Okay. That's some great advice. Um, so one, one thing I, I did want to ask you about is, um, I, and I'll lead into this by saying I happened to hear this news story um, last week. I can't remember what, what it was on, but they were saying that they went into four typical middle-class houses in the United States, and they took out every single product that was made outside of the United States. Mm. And they said when they did that in the typical house, they were left with only about 5% of their possessions. And wow. then they did the cost analysis of had they bought those items manufactured in the U S versus overseas. And this is what really shocked me. The, the difference was only 10 to 15% higher. 
Wow. But it's leading me to the question, you know, in your industry, everyone seems to outsource everything. And you made a strategic decision, which at the time could have worked against you because it, it could have been more expensive, but you decided you wanted to manufacture in the United States. Why did you do that? And has that paid off for you? Yeah. So I'd say it was really, it was two reasons. So one, it was, um, to me, I wanted to create something that would not just create like corporate jobs here as the business grew, but I also wanted to create something that would add to like the economy here of like factories that are here based in the U S I wanted to, to support them as opposed to overseas. Um, so I really wanted to focus here on the U S cause it's just like important it's America. I wanted to have an American made brand. Um, and then two, um, the American factories are a little bit more um, receptive to a smaller brand starting out too, because they have a smaller MOQs, minimum quantities that you have to do. Um, and so it was really kind of like a perfect marriage between that. Well, that's, that's awesome um, that you figured out that niche and that it worked for you. And also that over time as a company continues to grow, you'll be able to offer jobs uh, that are absolutely needed. Yeah. Um, so I, I did want to ask you um, a couple more questions around the whole entrepreneurial space. And, and that is, you know, why do you think so many people, um, and I, I call this, they live behind a shroud of pretense, meaning they're pretending to be someone they're not. Why do you think so many people do the reverse of what their true calling is? Um, it's a great question. I think a lot of times people do the reverse of what their true calling is because maybe they don't have a clear vision or a clear understanding of what their calling is, or, you know, maybe they do, but there's, there's certain, you know, responsibilities or certain circumstances that, make them feel as if they, they can't push forward on that, um, on that calling or that dream. But I, I really think that like where there's a will, there's a way, you know, and like, you're not going to bite off everything in one bite. It's like, if you have a dream and you have an idea, break it down into like little bites and create a pathway for yourself to get there eventually you don't have to get there tomorrow you know but i think like for instance there might be some people who have a a dream to do something that may not be as financially lucrative as what they're doing now but they have the responsibility of a family that they have to support um so i think when people are in like that kind of situation i think it's like finding a way in, in parallel to what they're doing to try to get there eventually, I think is kind of the biggest thing that people don't always do. They maybe just get discouraged and say, well, it's just not going to be for me. Um, and I'm just going to keep forward with what I'm doing now. Okay. I think that's great advice. Um, and then I, I did want to ask you about yoga. Um, mm-hmm. So like you, I, I practice it. I'm a bit out of practice right now because yeah. the the studio you and I went to a lot of my favorite teachers left it, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I, and I now use walks and other ways to meditate to, to get what I was getting from yoga. 
but I still, I still really miss it because it's a great way, you know, when you really zero in and clear your mind to allow the unimportant things that seem to be coming up in your mind to just push them out and to try to really super focus on the most important things. But for you, what, what has yoga meant for you in your life? And, you know, what did it bring that you were missing before you went down that journey? Yeah. So when I, when I was doing yoga, um, I had a lot of stress, um, that I needed to kind of like unwind from. And so, um, I found a a yoga class and I just started taking it and I was like, Oh, this is like, really, this is great. Like I feel wonderful after I leave a class because I think it's one part, one part exercise. And then it's like another part, like meditative as well, like you were saying. So I think it kind of has those two aspects to it. Um, so I think yoga is like wonderful in that sense. And then when I became a yoga teacher, um, it actually drew me closer to my faith, to my faith in Christianity as well. Um, so it kind of opened up that door a little bit more too, because yoga will tend to kind of like veer on like the spiritual side. And so that spiritual side really helped me tap into my faith. And my faith is really what like helps guide me through like really, really, really tough times too, or like really stressful times. So like a mixture of the two. Okay. Um, so I, I now wanted to go through kind of a series of, of fun questions with you. Okay. <laughs> so if, if you could be on the late, late show and you got to do an episode of doing car karaoke, what would be the song you sang? I can't sing. Like I am a horrible, horrible singer, but I love Mariah Carey. So this time of year, I would so basic, but I would sing like Mariah Carey Christmas. That one, <laughs> all I want for Christmas. That's, that's probably what I would sing. <laughs> okay. We will be right back to the Passion Struck Podcast. This episode is sponsored by ShipStation. The holidays are the most wonderful time of the year, but if you're running an online store, you also know that it can be the craziest part of the year. I know this firsthand from my experience running both Lowe's.com and Dell.com. There is inventory to manage, orders to fill, and a growing list of stressed out customers who are waiting for their packages. With ShipStation, all of that hassle and stress that goes with managing these packages and their delivery goes away in an instant, leaving you with happier customers and more freedom to pursue your passion, which is running your online business. What I personally love about using ShipStation is that it gives you the purchasing power that I had when I was at a Fortune 500 company with so much ease of use. And they connect you with UPS, FedEx, and USPS, so you have all your shippers right there at your fingertips. No wonder that 98% of customers who use ShipStation for a year keep using it as long as they are in business. It's that good. Make this holiday season a little bit brighter with ShipStation. Use my offer code, PASSIONSTRUCK, to get a 60-day free trial just in time for the holidays. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top, and enter the code PASSIONSTRUCK. ShipStation, 
Make ship happen. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Your support of our advertisers keeps the lights on around here. All those codes and URLs I know can be so difficult to remember, so we put them in a convenient place, the show notes for each episode. Please consider those who support us and make this show possible. Now, let's get back to the Passion Struck podcast. On this theme of Nicole Scott, uh, one of the questions I'd love to ask people is, if you had the opportunity to be selected as the first group of astronauts who got to go to Mars, what one law or premise would you put in place if you were given the opportunity? Like for all of Mars, like what would... For this new world, like one thing that, that you would put in place. Be kind to others. Okay. Yeah. Um, great. It, is there a favorite book you're reading now or one that truly really inspires you that the audience um, could learn from? Um, so actually the, the book that I'm reading now, because we're, and it has nothing to do with business, but um, it uh, it's all about, because um, we're in the midst of trying to start a family. So the book that I'm reading now is, um, it's called... I forget the name of it, honestly, <laughs> but it's all about um, the foods that you intake and what you eat and how it affects your baby's um, health and like brain development from like even before you're pregnant and like in the first few months of that. Um, I'm very into like health and nutrition and like kind of understanding all the natural ways that like our food can heal our bodies or our food can make us better and stronger. Um, so I'm very into those. And I think when you're stronger physically, um, it actually allows you to be stronger mentally um, and emotionally too. So I just love reading books along those lines. Yeah, well, when I was with um, a previous employer, um, I was the editor for a while of their digital publication. And I was curious on this topic. So I ended up uh, doing 20 articles around gut health. And it is quite amazing how many things it it impacts from your mental state to different diseases you might get, such as diabetes or Alzheimer's or other things. And it's, there truly is, you know, a very clear link between your gut health and your mind health um, and how you function. So, you know, I think that's a a great thing. And if you, you know, after the show, want to give me the book, uh, I will put it in the show notes so people can uh, download it. is there a particular motto that you like that you've lived your life around or used to inspire you? Um, I'd say like there isn't like a, like a typical quote or typical motto exactly, but what I, what I like to live my, 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 my life by is kind of um, like always like be kind to others, whether it's in business or whether it's in like your personal life. Um, and be honest, because I really feel that that always comes back to you. Um, it may not always be immediate, but I think when when people see that you're kind and you're honest, it actually has them put their guard down a little bit and it allows you to kind of create like a special, either a relationship or a business interaction. Um, and like the other thing is, is like, I, I think that you know, people should dream, but you should also do at the same time. Those are kind of my, my main key ideas I live by. Okay, great. Um, and the last question would be, 
if there is a person that you have never met before living or dead that you had the opportunity to meet, who would it be? Um, so there would be, there'd be so many people. Um, so I actually would love to meet, um, Paul from the Bible. <laughs> I know that sounds, I know that sounds funny. And like most people would be like, why don't you want to meet like some Titan of business or something like that? But, um, but for me, I think that would just be amazing because it's the idea of somebody who, you know, persecuted a group of people, he persecuted Christians and then became like the most prolific person to spread Christianity all throughout the world it would be really cool to sit down with somebody like that. And I, and I feel like he probably has a badass personality to be able to be that way. So I would be kind of one person I'd love to meet. <laughs> okay. Well, Christina, thank you so much for, for joining us today on the podcast. It was really a joy to, to be able to spend this time with you. Yeah. Thank you. It was really fun. So thank you for, for having me on. I appreciate it. What a great episode of the Passion Struck Podcast. And if you're new to the show and you haven't been there before, We also have a YouTube channel under John R. Miles. And on that channel, we have well over 200 different inspirational videos, all aimed at helping you learn how to live an intentional life. They're grouped in playlists similar to our starter packs. So you can go to the topic that you would like to hear about and watch those videos. And if there's someone like Christina that you would like to see me interview, or there's a topic that you would like me to do in my solo episodes, please DM me at John R. Miles on Instagram or connect with me on LinkedIn at John Miles. Christina also mentioned a book today, and I also wanted to draw your attention to passionstruck.com backslash books, where we have curated a collection of books that are my favorites and also ones that were either written or mentioned by guests on the podcast. There are affiliate links for those books and all the proceeds go to keeping the lights on here and helping us produce a show that's free for you to absorb. Thank you again for joining us today and hearing Christina Sparks' incredible and inspirational story. Now go out there and become passion struck. Thank you so much for joining us. The purpose of our show is to make passion go viral. And we do that by sharing with you the knowledge and skills that you need to unlock your hidden potential. If you want to hear more, please subscribe to the Passion Struck Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts at. And if you absolutely love this episode, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes and you sharing it with three of your most growth-minded friends so they can post it as well to their social accounts and help us grow our Passion Struck community. If you'd like to learn more about the show and our mission, you can go to passionstruck.com where you can sign up for our, our newsletter, look at our tools, and also download the show notes for today's episode. Additionally, you can listen to us every Tuesday and Friday for even more inspiring content. And remember, make a choice, work hard, and step into your sharp edges. Thank you again for joining us. 